Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. On this week's show, AEW Dynamite celebrates its first full year on air. We have our thoughts about the Collective's series of shows over the weekend. And in WWE news, we look back at the major draft happenings. All that and more. everyone and welcome once again to the pro wrestling post podcast i'm your host mark blake and with me is my friend from across the pond pete moon how are we doing there pete uh, a little chilly but uh that just comes with the change of the weather otherwise yeah yeah good as usual excellent uh some of you may be asking where the other friend from across the pond mark madison is he is actually on assignment today Look for his pieces on the site very soon. He should be back next week, as long as he gets back from Akadurkistan or wherever he's gone. I'm not too quite sure where he's gone. I think he's looking at Borat country. Oh, I thought I thought he was undercover again. No, I think he's helping Borat in some uh, some promotion for his new new film next mm. week. Is it next week? I'm not too sure. Uh, but anyway, keep an eye out for Mark. Look at his socials, and uh, yeah, he, he should be back. Touchwood next week. But we will carry on regardless without him. Let's jump straight into it. WWE. We, we mentioned last week that, well, we didn't actually mention, we sort of blared it from the rooftops that the, uh, the WWE draft it was going to happen. It has now happened both days. The SmackDown side, the Raw side. What did you think, mate? Uh, there are, there's a bunch I like. There's a lot I don't like. Overall, it's fine. Let's talk about some of the stuff I like. I like that Kevin Owens is coming to SmackDown because yes. that means he can reignite his feud with Sami Zayn. And with the roles reverse, I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. We spoke about this briefly last week about how we all, all three of us, wanted this, and the wrestling gods have listened to us and given us given it to us. So hopefully, somewhere down the line, we get to see that feud reignite. Uh, I also enjoy. I like that the Fiend and Bray Wyatt is coming to Raw. I like that uh, you know last when on last episode of the podcast I mentioned that it's usually the Intercontinental and, and U.S. Championships that switch brands on draft night, but this time I was presently pleasantly surprised that the the tag team champions swapped brands. Yeah, that was that was strange. Not not the fact that they they swapped brands, but they just handed over the titles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In in a, in a backstage segment. I mean, does that sort of not say that we really don't care about the division that much? Yeah, because really, if if they can just exchange the belts, doesn't that mean they're literally interchangeable? Exactly. That's exactly that's, that's the so called hidden meaning I got coming from that that uh, segment backstage as well. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Take fancy that you that you liked from either brand? Uh, Matt Riddle on Raw. I think is interesting. Uh, Sheamus on Raw, long overdue, in my opinion. And, well, the other interesting things I can speak on are the things that I don't feel as as uh, as hyped about. Go for it. Go on. So, 
let's start with Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Seth Rollins, and Buddy Murphy coming over to SmackDown now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not happy about feuds just moving across to another brand. I think that is just kind of, kind of lazy. You know, you're not really making anything new. You're just, you're just transplanting something that already existed. Yeah. Now, I understand that that could also bring raw viewers over to SmackDown, but that also kind of assumes that people aren't watching both. And I think for the majority of the people who are coming back week after week, that's just not that's that's just not the case. People do watch both. Mm-hmm. The New Day are split up. That I'm gut wrenching. Yeah, I. Like I knew this day was gonna come eventually, and and I kept saying to myself, "It's not gonna be this time. It's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be a while down the road." And and now that it's finally here, I'm I'm. Ugh. Do you know? In my opinion, do you know what makes that works is that there wasn't even like a turn. There was mm-hmm. no major falling out. It was oh, we're just splitting you up on different brands. Bye. That is so depressingly, gut wrenchingly soft and. No, not for me. Not for me. If there's yeah. going to be a we split, it, sh- it should be a hard split. We didn't even we didn't even get a real farewell to the new day. No, like that should have been that could have that could have been a segment unto itself. You know, the new day are splitting up. We need to we need to say goodbye in proper fashion, and and that we didn't kind of makes me wonder how valued they are, even though. They've been shining in a languishing tag division for the last five years now. Yeah, yeah. The 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 spotlight was well and truly on them, and now since Woods got injured and Kofi got thrust into the main event scene and so on and so forth, it the the spotlight was slowly fading away, and now it's literally just well, thanks for the time, fellas. Here you go. You're on Raw. You're on SmackDown. Bye bye. Uh, I I honestly hope they give Big E something something better than what he had in his last signals run. He's got to surely because really like he seemed like he was going nowhere until he joined up with the new day. And I think what worked best about them is that they were truly just three best friends having a blast on TV. Yeah. You know, that's uh, something I heard Kevin Nash said once, you know, the whole reason everyone gets into wrestling is to, uh, what was it? To watch yourself wrestle, to put your friends over, and to make money. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I know that one. I heard that today, actually. What was I listening to? I was listening to a podcast today, and they were saying, I think, no, they was talking about Scott Hall saying, you either get into the business to make money or make friends, and he was in it to make money. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, they made they made friends. They're lifelong friends. And they they just looked completely crestfallen with the announcement there's mm-hmm. so many pictures going around and i read a tweet somewhere that um a parent had written had sent a them a uh who was it sent woods a photo on twitter stating that his seven-year-old wrote this and he was completely gutted that they were split and woods woods didn't know what to say and it's yeah there was such a a shining light for for kids and for well <laughs> i'm gonna beat their bandwagon now for positivity Mm-hmm. And I know they're, they're trying to spin it and say, "Oh, well, we're on two brands now, so we've got double the positivity." But 
I don't know. I worry about them on Raw now. But Big E, going back to what you said, Big E surely is going to get that push. Everyone's been saying for a while now that Big E's going to get that push. He's going to. Is he going to be the one that steps up to Roman at some point if the Rock thing doesn't happen at Mania? I'm, I, I don't know. It, it'd be good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wonder if he's going to... I think before he steps up to Roman Reigns, he's probably going to accomplish some more in the mid in the mid card. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to maybe maybe take the Intercontinental Championship for a little bit and, and prove that that he hasn't really that he hasn't lost a step as a singles wrestler, and kind of start building towards maybe a, a shot against Reigns down the line. Do we want to talk about some of the people who went undrafted? There's some names on that free agency list. There are some serious names on that free agency list. We got. I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at it now. I'm thinking, how did they not get signed? It's strange. Mm-hmm. So we're looking looking at this list here. We got Andrade, uh, Bo Dallas, uh, Mickey James, all people who who really should have been drafted somewhere. Yeah, like uh, sure. uh, Andrade and and Mickey James, obviously could have been. Could have just stayed on Raw, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Dallas, he hasn't been seen in almost a year, so he's kind of, kind of fallen off the radar. But you know, he's still with the company. He's, there's, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just not there. Yeah, nothing. Creative has nothing. Cool. If there's an, ever, ever a death knell for someone, it's definitely those bloody words. Mm-hmm. We're also missing. Ivar Jimmy Uso and Jinder Mahal, but those guys are are injured right now. Yeah, I can see I can see Jimmy going over to SmackDown anyway because that's mm-hmm. where obviously Jay is, and they'll be they'll be teaming up. Um, but uh, Ivar, I mean, was it Eric's injury is like a a nine month injury? Uh, it's Ivar, and he's got a sorry, neck injury. Ivar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, he's got a neck injury, and that's that's pretty nasty. And then you got like. You've, there's a name on here that says it's Mercedes Martinez, aka Retaliation of Retribution. Yeah, no, quietly removed from re- Retribution, returning yeah. back to NXT as Marce- Mercedes Martinez. That's very strange. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why kick her out and why keep it under the radar? It's, uh, it's you know we very, we've been talking about the the emotions that have gone happened with Retribution lately and and really nothing's given us any any reason to to really think this is gonna turn into something big mm-hmm. yeah maybe 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 she's gonna get her own retribution huh huh ah, retribution on retribution <laughs> uh who else is on here on this list you've got edge but then he's pretty much a part-timer isn't he mm-hmm. you've got edge. same same could be said for big show and then you've got like, like for some reason you have Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch on this list. Now, I'm not sure if if the people who are doing the draft understand that Becky Lynch is probably quite heavily pregnant by now. Mm-hmm. So she's not going anywhere. And I think Ronda is still trying to get pregnant. So why put them on the list? That's very strange. I think there's, there's people who just got kind of quietly removed from the draft pools, even if they were or, or were just not included. Good due diligence work there by WWE staff. Great work there. Who else is on here? You've got, uh, oh my word, you've got Mojo Rawley, which to be fair, isn't really an issue Mm -hmm. because 
I don't know anybody who likes Mojo. Sonia Deville, I mean, when the women's divisions on both Raw and SmackDown are, are light, and you've got Sonia, as well as Mickey, as you just mentioned, still undrafted, what the hell? Strange, strange, strange. And then, and then I'm going to finish up, because we spoke about this before we come on air. We'll finish up with uh, the Forgotten Sons, who are Jackson Riker, Steve Cutler, and Wesley Blake. And if you've forgotten them, don't worry, because obviously WW Creative have as well. So yeah, what, what do you think... What do you think overall of the draft? Who do you think has got the, the, the better better roster? <sighs> I I hate to really just whittle it down to to two guys. <laughs> but honestly, Owens and Zane, Acton's got the better roster. <laughs> Question mark. Good day, because you also got look, you're also looking at Daniel Bryan, you're also looking at you're looking at Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. You're looking at Dolph Ziggler and uh, Robert Roode. So mm-hmm. going by that. Callisto, Murphy, Sasha Banks, Roman Reigns in this in this new heel role. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he has any clashes with with Seth Rollins, who's who's coming over now. And uh, that's really really my thoughts. I mean, overall, personally, I'm like I'm with you. I think overall. SmackDown has got the more balanced roster, but then mm-hmm. you look at you look at Raws. You've got you've got Drew McIntyre, you've got Asuka, you've got AJ, you've got the Raw Women's Tag Champs, which obviously means nothing. But you, it's like Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. You've got the Hurt Business. You've got the New Day over there now. I mean, they're all pretty damn big names. You've got mm-hmm. Bray there. I can I can I can forget Bray and Randy. Braun's over there now. Retribution's there. Keith Lee, Sheamus. Um, the list goes on. It's, it's, there's a lot of star power there, but after that star power, it goes a bit thin. You've got, mm-hmm. try to see. You've got. A, this is not a knock on any of these people at all. I'm saying that this is thin for storyline reasons because they haven't been built up. So you've got people like Drew Gulak, who's been involved in the 24/7 for a few months now. You've got Elias, who's just come back, and I think they're going to push him into an upper upper mid card role. Titus O'Neil, who's done sweet FA, Akira Tazawa. Riddick Moss, your guy from last week, Arturo Ruas is is on Raw. Mm-hmm. Dabakato officially on the roster. Dabakato, yeah, it's a it's a bit. Oh, how can I put it? Lopsided is is the better way. But as you said, with with SmackDown, you've got that you've got a battle, a more balanced roster. Mm-hmm. And I know it, it almost seems like like a lot of these names are kind of there to make up the twenty four seven division. <laughs> hey look as, as long as as long as our truth is still champ and you're making me laugh i am all for it he cracked did you see him on the the raw after show i've got what it's called raw talk uh, i did not he was ta- <laughs> it was just a quick video someone posted on twitter he was talking to aj and um aj saying oh yeah i'm over on on, on raw now <laughs> and our truth was said something along the lines of so, you know, what are you going to use over here? And AJ looks genuinely bemused. He's like, what are you on about? And our truth was like, well, you know, what, house, what kind of uh, stuff are you going to use to build the house over here? Because you built a house on SmackDown, so you've got to build a house on Raw. He just kept throwing AJ off. And it was so funny. It was, he was doing it to make AJ corpse. And it was so hilariously funny. So good. And then the, the video cut out. I'm, I'm going to repost it when this goes out. So you lot can Reminds, have a look. 
it reminds me of that time with uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles on on uh, Talking Smack. <laughs> when, when Daniel Bryan outed AJ Styles as a flat earther. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I um, our truth, our truth is the king. Ever since he came out, um, what was it? It was the Money in the Bank announcement, and um, you had like all six or eight competitors in the ring, and our truth come out thinking it was the, the Royal Rumble or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, he, he had me ever then. But so, yeah, that's, that's, that's Raw and SmackDown and, and WWE in general done. There's, there's not really much going on this week apart from the draft and the fallout from the draft. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday night and SmackDown is tomorrow. And I think it's something, is it the season two premiere on Fox tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm sure getting, I saw that today. We're getting close to that. I, I'm surprised they're bringing back the season premiere idea because I thought that was definitely something they would have abandoned after, when was it? 2015? Oh, I yeah. They, they announced that they were going to have the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. And then and then they never acknowledged it ever again. It's, I, I think this is a Fox thing. I think because Fox have got a pre-show before SmackDown, no, no, it's before. I don't know. If, I don't know which bloody network has got it now. But there's a pre-show either before SmackDown or Raw this week or next week for Raw, and uh, Renee is back, but she's not employed by WWE. She's employed by it's got to be Fox. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so she's on the the pre-show tomorrow with Booker T. So our first gig after WWE is actually it's WWE. It's WWE. Yeah, bless her. But uh, yeah, it, this is from a from a, a Brit. We don't understand all this season premiere stuff. It's just we keep being told it's a continuing, the longest continual raw is the longest continuing episodic program for a season to surely you'd have to stop and then restart to to class as a season, which is same as SmackDown. But but hey ho, it's it's a Brit thing. That's Raw done and SmackDown done and WWE in general done. We're now going to. Go back to last weekend. Well, you may have heard us mention it on last week's pod. We spoke about Game Changer Wrestling's The Collective, which was a whole weekend of shows. I think there was 12 in total mm-hmm. under the GCW banner. And we previewed a hell of a lot of them, <laughs> including yourself. We're going to talk a, a, a couple of the, the main shows. We're going to co- talk about Joe Jenner's Joe... Joey Janella's Spring Break 4 and Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 3. Let's go and talk about Joey Janella's Spring Break 4. I, I love Joey Janella. It's, it's on record that I love the guy. Spring Breaks have always been fantastically awesome and wacky kind of shows. Yeah, they're really, really a highlight of the WrestleMania weekend, of, or at least for a show that isn't put on by WWE. Yeah. And this, this weekend's or last weekend, sorry, there was the, the the number four. I haven't fortunately watched any of the collective because my day job has been kicking my ass. But you have. Do you, do you, what thoughts, feelings, takeaways have you got from, from Spring Break 4? Full of surprises as always. Uh, we saw Orange Cassidy take on Ricky Shane Page in that first match, and that was something I didn't see coming. Because <laughs> I thought I thought Orange Cassidy was like full time with AEW now. I thought he had finished all his indie dates and he was just going to be, you know, the next big thing in AEW. Which uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
eight minutes. He got a pin with his uh, little 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 crucifix reverse thing there that he does. Uh, then we had Iron Beast, Kyle the Beast, and, and Shane Mercer versus the Radicals, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Woo boy, have you seen any of Iron Beast? Unfortunately, not. Although since last weekend, they have blown up on my Twitter. So oh I yeah, have... that is very <laughs> very good for them because they're it's like Bam Bam Bigelow and a young Brock Lesnar formed a tag team. Oh yeah. Oh, they're, they're now on my watch list. I need to go and find some war, uh, Iron Beast. Yeah, because like the Radicals wow. were able to put on a good show, but like they just couldn't face two people who were A, bigger than they are, and B, can do a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Uh, that's, just, that's just such a... That's just a thing that we wrestling fans can't get enough of is, is big men who can move. Yes. Yeah, that they were they were seen as the uh the the rarities, but now with like Keith Lee and, and, and others of that ilk, they they're getting more and more prominent. Yeah, we're coming into a world where, where you got a whole bunch of people who, who, you know, grew uh grew up watching watching Bam Bam Bigelow and and you know Vader. And and even young Brock Lesnar when he was able to do shooting star presses, and and all that's coming through in a way that I never could have expected, uh, especially from especially from big guys. I say this all the time. They just don't. They don't. They don't make. They don't make big guys like they used to. No, no, they don't. Rustles put on a good show, but like I said, Iron Beast are just bigger, and they can do a lot of the same stuff. I was pleasantly surprised by Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty because I've seen so many people talk about Jonathan Gresham as being kind of overrated. Now, really? Yeah, wow. I see a lot of a lot of ROH naysayers, probably people who just got who are just feeling kind of kind of tired of how he's been booked. And you know, maybe I haven't watched Ring of Honor in, in quite a while, but from this match, Jonathan Gresham is yeah, he's he's actually really good, you know? He's in that that Zack Sabre Jr. kind of mold, very, very yeah. technical. And from his from the way he strikes and, and some of the holds that he puts on, I'm wondering why he wasn't involved in Bloodsport. You know, I wanna see him I wanna see him in Bloodsport next year. Well, hopefully we haven't got to wait a bloody year. It'll, it'll be taking place in like April, hopefully. Touch wood and everything else that's good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Gresham, I I hadn't actually seen him in, in Ring of Honor. I saw him over here. He was the original tag partner of Chris Brooks and they formed CCK, who were a, a huge team over here. And Gresham, wow. Yeah, that guy could go. This is going back mm-hmm. about three, four, maybe even five years ago. And seeing Gresham do, as you said, the, the Zack Sabre world of sports style kind of wrestling, he's he's really good. And then I saw him, I think he, he went back to America and I think he was on, on Ring of Honor a fair bit. And maybe even MLW, I'm not sure. I think he's I think he's still half the Ring of Honor tag champs, isn't he? I, I'm not sure. I haven't caught up with Ring of Honor for so long. Yeah, Gresham, Gresham is, is a talent and always has been whereas lee moriarty i don't know anything about the guy unfortunately yeah he's kind of he's kind of coming up in the world of wrestling it seems because he was also 
he was also on for the culture he was also on okay yeah he was in for the culture and he was at uh spring break but still he's been doing quite a bit for for gcw he's done a lot for black label pro he's uh yeah he's, he's been yeah in the ring for four years and uh looking like looking like he's going places especially if he was able to last almost 21 minutes with jonathan gresham oh 21 minutes seriously yep oh man see i need some time off from my day job just so i can spend a whole day just catching up on the collective really do 21 minutes damn uh what else do we got here team pazuzu chris dickinson ortiz and santana great to see them back together for the first time in two years didn't put quite the beating i expected on next gen but uh they did they did they did win i think that that time in japan is maybe having some effect on alex zane and blake christian <laughs> seem to be uh uh putting some some new japan flair into their into their moves uh tony depp and over alex shelley i didn't expect that because shelley's been kind of on a roll lately mm-hmm. taking back since since he's come out of retirement taking back the impact world tag team championships and he had that big win at the last no black label pro show that happened the week before that's right it's the 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 double shot and i've totally forgotten the name of it damn it leo rush over ach i kind of expected leo rush's temper to get the better of him again (laughs) uh but they shook hands at the end which you know i think maybe just as as two guys who who left wwe under less than harmonious circumstances i think they're kind of kind of seeing a a reason to unite perhaps is and, it me and... is it me was leo rush kind of sort of mellowing out now he's not as cocky and as angry and everything else that he was during before during and slightly after his wwe run he seems to have mellowed out a bit now perhaps perhaps you know and i think ultimately maybe that maybe starting something more friendly with ach it will be uh will be a benefit overall however this puts at them at one and one in singles action and and they got to finish that off before they can team up <laughs> they need that rubber match yeah like i'm glad they're friends but come on give us a finish <laughs> now this one ricky morton versus joey janela oh I am surprised that Ricky Morton did all the way all he did in that match, taking some pretty nasty bumps, taking some 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 attacks with hardware. But like every time I see Ricky Morton, he keeps surprising me (laughs) because he's able to he's able to fly. He's able to go. He's able to like I saw him do almost like a almost like a sunset flip powerbomb off the top ropes. Joey Janela. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? That man is almost 70. Like, should not be doing the kinds of things he is. It's the Terry Funk mentality, surely. It's, Perhaps. It's, you get to a certain age and you think, oh, well, screw it. Let's, let's, let's go for it. It's got to be, surely. It's, it's almost enough to make me want to see the Rock and Roll Express versus FTR. <laughs> Do you know what? I can, I can imagine that being a great match as well. It, it I really would be can. phenomenal. 
Absolutely really kind of phenomenal, especially with Tully Blanchard in their corner. Yeah, that he managed, and then and then to top it all off, he got the win, defeated yes. Joey Janela <laughs> in his own in his own pay per view. Oh, that's insane! That is so good. That yeah, they went like almost fourteen minutes, just just really good stuff from from uh, Ricky Morton because he can just. He can, he can just go for a while. It was like that. Um, it's like a, a thing I heard Mick Foley say. It might have been, might have been in one of his books that even though he was older, really, as long as he could go full tilt for twenty minutes, he's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And and Ricky Morton really, really proven that that's hey. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Exactly. You just live for the moment. Just go full throttle and then deal with the consequences later. <laughs> hmm. Actually, it sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> it was there was there was certainly a phase in my life. <laughs> following anyway, following that match, we had the. Um, am I allowed? Am I allowed to say it, Mark? Uh yeah. We we can drop one f bomb. So go for it. Oh yeah, we got to keep that PG thirteen rating. It we was do. the clusterfuck battle royal. It's what it's called. Also, full of surprises. Like I didn't, I didn't expect Calvin Tankman to show up. I didn't expect uh, who else did we did I see there? Effie, Gregory Iron, uh, Mance Warner. I really should have been on the main show, if you ask me. Mance Warner, uh, yeah. Shug D, Dominic Garini, Kevin Koo. I think Dominic Garini was announced, and uh, yeah, Jody Threat was in it. And and that always makes me happy. <laughs> Maybe I have a crush. I don't know. Calvin Tankman, though, I got to talk about Calvin Tankman because he went on a roll. He he eliminated ten people, four of them at once, or rather, should I say, two of them or two two pairs of two at once. Damn. The only thing I've heard about the, the cluster is <laughs> there was. Uh, a major square off between Yoshi <laughs> Yoshihiko <laughs> and the Invisible Man. That's that's all I've heard on so, Twitter. <laughs> so to give some some context, uh, Yoshihiko is is a blow up doll that they have matches with in DDT in Japan. Sometimes uh, has held their Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship quite a few times. And uh, the Invisible Man, well, well, that just explains itself, really. Uh, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, sa- I'm sat here laughing my socks off because if we got people just listening to us for the first time and they'd be going, so a blow up doll has just wrestled the Invisible Man. Is is am I hearing that right? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. hearing that right. Wrestling isn't just you know big men with sweaty men and, and high flying. No, 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 no. It's also blow up dolls and invisible men. Come on, catch up. This is 2020. There's there's some serious art going on in the world of professional wrestling. You gotta <laughs> open your mind. <laughs> oh God, seriously, uh, guys, you you gotta watch this this cluster F match. Mm-hmm. It's um. It sounds it sounds exactly as it's as it's titled, basically. It yeah, it really is. And it like it grows every year. And finally, I actually have to confess that I that I was unable to watch the death match between Alex Cologne and 
Mark Matt Matt Tremont, uh, because light tubes kind of kind of squeak me out. Oh, uh, was it? That's, was there a lot uh, of light tubes? Yeah, it was a fair amount of light tubes. It was a death match, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sometimes that's that's a little hard to watch. But you know, if it's your thing, it's Matt Tremont's last match. If you want to see him go out on go out on a high note, then then definitely worth watching. I see. I was okay with light tubes, and then I watched the David Arquette documentary film. Um, when was that? About three weeks ago, I watched that, and. I saw him get jabbed in the head and the throat with a, ah. with a, with a broken light tube, ah. and the poor sod nearly died. No lie. He nearly died from blood loss. Um, and then I, ever since then, I'm like, do you know what? Light tube's not for me. Not for me. No. I was always under See, growing up, obviously being young and carefree, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a light tube to the head, because all you see is a great big smash and a, and a puff of of white dust, you actually forget that sodding fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's, some, that's dangerous to inhale. No. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I may, I may miss the uh, the main event of of, of uh, Spring Break Four. Too many. I've just I've, I've read a couple of reviews and it does say that light tubes do get used a fair amount and there's a ton of blood and I'm I'm not as my my stomach is not as strong as it was when I was younger. Let's put it like that. Yeah, that's very much the same for me because, like, I used to be able to watch. Well, I did. I, I I used to be able to watch a lot of ECW. But yeah, that is. Ugh. Uh, so that's spring break. <laughs> <laughs> spring break done. So so from blood and guts, we're gonna go to <laughs> we're gonna go to, to blood sport. Yeah, blood sport. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news about Bloodsport is that is that foreign objects are banned. Uh, let's see some results that I was uh, surprised by. Lindsay Snow taking the Bloodsport Women's Tournament Championship. I wow. I honestly didn't think. I honestly thought it was going to be Layla Hirsch because I saw her striking game, I saw her submission game, and I thought, you know what, this is this seems kind of like a lock for her, especially mm-hmm. when you see. The other, the, the other uh, uh, competitors in this, uh, Lindsay Snow, Killer Kelly, and Allison Kay, I just thought, you know, comparatively, Layla Hirsch has has it, and and especially because she had beaten Lindsay Snow in the past, I figured, I figured that match was going to go very much the same, mm. but uh, it did not. Lindsay Snow defeated Layla Hirsch by submission. And then went on to uh, submit Allison K for the for the final. I mean, they they were really quick matches, so I've been told. Yeah, yeah, about five to five to fifteen minutes each. Because Killer Kelly versus Allison K, that one went uh, twelve nineteen. Yeah, see, that surprised me. I I know Killer Kelly. I've seen her quite a few times over here, and um, yeah, I was I was very surprised to find out that she she lost her semi. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay Snow. She's uh, she's the one to watch by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's definitely she's definitely got a look. Very very muscular woman. She's got lots of tattoos. She cuts an imposing figure. I would I'd like to see her end up in in AEW or or WWE even because I think that's she's just someone who could who could run roughshod over 
over WWE's women's division <laughs> and uh, someone who could, who could put up a, a solid fight against a lot of the women in the AEW women's division. Yeah. They're a bit, <clears throat> a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? Not lopsided, but a bit flaky in regards to legitimate bad asses on, on either roster uh, on either show. Sorry. Promotion. Mm. Even Lindsay snow, from what I've seen and heard, she'd definitely go in there and crack some heads and kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got on here? Uh, Calvin Tegman defeating Alexander James again. I think he he had a he had an excellent weekend. Uh, he's he's another name that that blew up on Twitter. He he seemed to be working and has been working quite a lot in the last couple of months, and he's uh, he's definitely made a name for himself. That's four shows he did that weekend. Four, damn. Poor. Just think he's, he's just thinking of the money. That's what it is. I mean, make, if you're an indie wrestler, that's you know that's where your stuff is. You get exactly. all your. Got to make it where you can. Damn. Uh, we had uh, Tom Lawler got a win finally at Bloodsport because because he's been uh, at the last he's at Bloodsport two and he was in the original Bloodsport and he lost both times. I I really like Tom Lawler and I don't know why he's just. He just comes across as affable, and no matter what he does, even when he's being a uh, a UFC style so and so, as you like mm-hmm. to put it, Mark, uh, <laughs> he he's he's just enjoyable in a way that the others aren't. And uh, yeah, defeated Homicide by submission. I have heard nothing but praise about this match. I've I've been told it's one of the matches of the year as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I've seen, I've, I've, not that I take a lot of people's ratings seriously, but I've I've been flicking away. Obviously, we we do our due diligence, folks, and we do a bit of research before we jump on air. And I've looked about and trying to ag- not aggregate some scores, but just see what other people thought about the, the Blood Sports Show. I've read five different reviews, and when it comes to this Lawler Homicide match, there is not one review less than four and a half out of five stars. That's how good they reckon this match was. So I'm thinking I need to get myself onto Bloodsport 3 and watch that before I go to bed tonight. Very strong match. Uh, disappointing match following. Davey Boy Smith Jr. beating Josh Alexander by knockout. Ah, you know how that, I feel about local, local boys. That blows. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah, Davey Boy could, could, could really use, could use the win. Actually, I mean, he's undefeated at Bloodsport. So I mean, if they were going to build something with him, they may as well, they may as well, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe even put him in the main event next year to, mm. uh, or at the next Bloodsport to to really uh, highlight the fact that he's. I think he's the only person who's undefeated at Bloodsport. I mean, you've got MLW's restart coming next month, so that's a good, uh, a good strong showing before MLW comes back. Yeah. Very strong showing before MLW comes back. And then in the main event, John Moxley defeated Chris Dickinson by submission. I, I don't really see this going any other way. <laughs> just because just because Moxley is well, he's AEW world champion and he's not gonna he's not gonna go away quietly. He ain't gonna lose, is he? <clears throat> yeah, not while he's on top. <laughs> but again, that's that's another match that I've heard was was damn damn impressive. Oh yeah, 
because you know it's it's John Moxley and Chris Dickinson. I, they've they're they're legends of the deathmatch arena. They're gonna they were gonna brawl till one of them just just couldn't anymore. And uh, uh, no, go ahead. Oh no, I was just say that's exactly the kind of match that you want in in the Bloodsport arena. That, exactly, that kind of you know take their names, uh, take the yeah, whatever, take their prisoners even, and kick ass, kind of leave it all in the ring. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, there's uh, there's our thoughts about the shows of the collective that we did see, or at least that I saw. Uh, I'm sure, like there were other big shows that I, that happened that weekend that I definitely want to see. Like uh, I'll probably go back and catch some of uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch and uh, for the culture. Yeah, Effie's and and for the culture. That's uh, as well as. Bloodsport and Spring Break Four, they were the, the big four in, in my eyes at least mm-hmm. that had to be watched and damn you day job making me sodding work stupid hours. So I will endeavour to catch up with that in the next few days. Um <laughs> even though I'm at work again until Sunday and on Sunday I wanna sleep, but I won't. I will be watching some GCW collective shows. I think it, it will they be on IWTV or Anything like that? I'm not sure if they are. Uh, they'll probably be probably be available on on fights. On fights, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and you know, uh, I imagine I imagine they'll be on IWTV eventually. Yeah. So get yourselves over to fights. Uh, we haven't got any promo codes to give you, I'm afraid, because not yet, well, at least. Not yet. We keep asking, but they keep turning us down. But stick with us. Uh, we'll give you some codes one day. But yeah, get yourselves over to to Fight TV and seriously. Go out your way, watch Spring Break 4 just for that Ricky Morton and Joe, Joey Janela match and just just be amazed at a crazy near 70-year-old man <laughs> turning back the clock. Oh, man. Talk about turning back the clock. See what I did there? Oh, we're going... Nice. We're go- <laughs> Thank you. We're going to go back and look at our past pieces that have been released or published this week, I should say. Normally, this is where I hand over to Mark, because Mark is our editor-in-chief. He's the head honcho. He knows the ins and outs of everything, whereas I am just an editor, and I kind of not read everything. <laughs> with, with Mark not here today, I'm now doing this job for him. But luckily, the pieces that he's chosen, I've already read. So one up, big up, gold stars to me. So his first piece is by our... Resident historian, as I put called him on Facebook a few days ago, Mike Bryan. He's speaking about the time Bret Hart won his first WWF championship. Now, it's a big momentous occasion, winning your first major, major title. Uh, how kind of big would it be to win your first WWF title on October 12th in 1992 at a house show? That's right, not televised but at a house show. It was in Saskatoon in... Oh, I can't even pronounce the province. Go on. Is it Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. I was close. Look at that. In Canada. And he, uh, he won the title, beating the, the, the legendary Ric Flair in a, a match that was, I think, has not long gone onto the WWE Network. No, it's, it's on the WWE Network. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not long gone on there. It's, it's been a, a, a few months it went on there. And, uh, yeah, Mike brilliantly breaks down the match. He, he, he pretty much 
gives you a, a match a, re- match report. It's a play by play, really. It really is. It's so in depth. It's very good. It, it gives you background on Brett. If you, obviously, if you don't know who Brett is, and 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 Ric Flair, gives you back that background on that. It talks about Calgary Stampede Wrestling, which obviously Brett's dad Stu ran and has the the Heart Dungeon, which so many people have come through. Talks about Ric Flair and how he had Kurt Henning, aka Mister Perfect, in a corner, and it was just a a a moment by moment breakdown of the entire match. It's uh, a great piece. It's something that I don't think we'll ever see again, where a title, uh, the the main title of the promotion, will change on a house show, for two reasons. One, <laughs> there's no touring at the moment. There's no live events, and two, the, the the, the wrestling landscape has changed dramatically since this time. You go to a, a live event show now just to be entertained, whereas before, back in those days, there was always a slight possibility there might be a title switch and maybe a tag team championship, but never anything to this, this proportion. But uh, get, please, go out of your way. Go back. Read Mike's piece. It is well worth looking out for. Did you did you read it? Did you see the match? Do you, do you remember anything? Well, obviously, you're too young to remember anything, but... Well, you, like, had I known this was going to be covered uh, in the podcast today, I probably would have called my dad to talk about it because he used to watch Bret Hart back in Stampede. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like growing up, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was a Bret Hart household. And, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we, we switched to WCW and he left WWF. We, we watched kind of as that fizzled. And then, well, I suppose I'll I'll tell them the story of my journey into this world of pro wrestling at a later yeah. date. But definitely a big part of it was was Bret Hart. And uh, I have seen this match because it was released on home video later on. And I'm pretty sure WWE Classics was a show that they had here on, uh, what do they call it? Sportsnet? No, The Score. And... Uh, yeah, I used to. I, I remember watching and and seeing this match one day, and uh, of course I got to watch because it's it's Bret versus Ric Flair. You know, <laughs> I didn't even, and and to find out that later on that it was it was the championship match and it wasn't even on TV. That was just like, come on, I why wasn't it? What happened? But yeah, that's my takeaway here. At least my my input. Yeah, it's just a just a, a great. I'll keep saying great. I'm going to find another adjective for next week. But it's just a great piece from Mike, who is, who's, like I said, steadily becoming a bit pretty much a historian, writing these pieces uh, from about things from yesteryear. Uh, going from yesteryear to literally a couple of days ago, our very own Jake Landmesser had the opportunity to have a couple of words with Diana Perazzo, the Impact Wrestling Women's Knockouts Champion. The, I forgot her bloody nickname. What is her nickname? The Virtuosa. Thank you, The Virtuosa. I apologise, folks. I've, I've already said it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, you can always trust me to know about the Impact stuff because I... <laughs> Brace for Impact every Monday. Read it on the Post website. There we go. There we go. He uh, had a few, few moments to talk to Diana. Asked her what, uh, if having a 30-day non-compete helped her land her spot in Impact rather than 
everyone else that had a 90-day non-compete when they got released from WWE earlier in the year. I'm not going to go into details and, and tell you all about it when we need you and want you to go and read it yourselves. But she does ex- explain that, obviously, it does help, or did help, and going there, knowing that people like the Good Brothers and Heath and others would, were following her coattails, so to speak, she knew that she had some friends coming. I don't think she expected to be thrust into the limelight as, as quickly as she, as she has been. But it has been one hell of a move for Diona. And I'm sure our resident Brace for Impact champion. Every there we go. Every Monday. Our expert there. What do you think? Uh-huh. Uh, Diona Parazzo. She's kind of thrown in. She's, she, she came about at the time where a lot of the women's roster was still kind of coming back from COVID. Everyone, mm-hmm. like everyone had been under lockdown. And I think that really, like her taking the championship from Jordan Grace so soon after debuting, really kind of lit a fire in the women's division. Because I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more going on now that, now that Deanna's the champion and everyone's kind of coming back than, than there was uh, prior to that. And, and now we're seeing, now we're seeing impact start to start to really thrive because they've got they've got a stacked tag division women's division's really strong main event scene not quite there yet but it's coming and there's some there's some stuff going down with the uh exhibition championship but i think that's the thing i'm gonna save for uh my bound for glory preview which you can read next week on the pro wrestling post website so smooth so effortlessly smooth, so good. But yes, his his BFG uh, preview will be next week, along with his usual race for impact every Monday. There it is. There it is. Ah, so he's a busy guy. Next week is is our Pete. He will be having the BFG preview and the Impact preview next week. We shall be discussing both and BFG next week. So we'll be calling on Pete's Impact knowledge. Even more so next week. From there, we are going to finish up with a, a very momentous show from last night. It was AEW's first anniversary show. Can you really believe it has been a year since they first aired? That's insane. It's actually been longer than a year since they first aired because uh, it was. It was. I think last week. Excuse me. Last week we crossed the the 365 day mark that's right but uh something a little more important took precedence we had the the chris jericho 30th anniversary show but yeah this week it's very big show all every title on the line seemed like uh seemed kind of like one of their specials almost yes you know how like nxt have like the in your house specials or the upcoming halloween havoc specials that's the kind of vibe i've got off this i didn't get Big, big feel like a birthday feel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like um, as we spoke about before we jumped on there. It was like quick. We've got to do something for our anniversary. Let's just put all the champions up, put championships up on the line. It's, it felt rushed. Not putting down any of the matches because there's some. No, there were some great matches. Some bangers. Had, yeah, you know, bangers. Best, best friends were, versus yeah. Well, we'll get into yeah. that. They were they were the slap. Apparently, I, I can't make that work. 
I've tried. Since you told me this a couple of weeks ago, I've really tried to get that over with my kid. And no, he's not having it. But anyway, let's get into this. So we started off with <laughs> with a flipping amazing match. It was AEW Tag Team Championships, FTR, uh, against Best Friends. Uh, in FTR's corner was Tully Blanchard, as always. This was um, this was quite a hot start to a show. Oh, yeah. That's some seriously fast-paced action. You had the the mix of styles. You had, you know, best friends with their kind of indie hybrid Lucha Puro style. And then you have FTR, you know, no flips, just fists, doing their, doing their very technical thing. Beautiful to see because, you know, you got you got the two kind of unexpectedly uh, the best friends, I should say, kind of unexpectedly rising up the the tag team division since since their uh, parking lot brawl. Really, that that Dave Meltzer five star rating given them given them a hell of a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. And to, yeah, to see them like like this was a match that I thought could really seriously mess up. All the planning they've been doing for FTR versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> I thought that was going to put the whole thing in jeopardy. I'm going to say something here that I'm going to carry on throughout the rest of this AEW part. Now, I've I found out that FTR in AEW are 11 and 0 in the rankings. Best friends have won 17 times in 2020. Rankings should mean something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember that a bit later on, okay? But yes, this this match was it was it was so good. FTR. I'm I'm a 43-year-old man and I can appreciate wrestling differently than my 9 my now 9-year-old son. He cannot understand why I like FTR so much. He calls them boring, he calls them just, you know, they're not flashy. That's his words. Not flashy. To my retort is that's the whole point because every every tag team is now flashy. Every tag team is this. I do sound like an old veteran fart here. I'm really sorry. But FTR are my brain busters from when I was a kid. I couldn't stand the brain busters when I was a kid. Tully and Arn back in WWE. I couldn't stand them, but they were technically perfect and they made every match no matter who they had across them in the ring, special. And that's what FTR are doing now. It doesn't matter who... You, you could have Yoshihiro uh, and the Invisible Man, and they would still put on a four-star match against them. That, that yeah, I could see them so putting on good. a really good match against Tajiri and the Invisible, the Invisible Man. <laughs> they, they are... Yoshihiko, so, that's what I need. Yoshihiko, sorry, yeah. But they are so damn good. And again, they're best friends. You, you said it there. They've been quietly climbing the ranks, and their their confidence is their confidence is through the roof now. Especially mm-hmm. after the the um the the backyard uh, back, the, the brawl they had parking lot brawl parking lot brawl. It's it's it was such a good match, and nothing yeah, and, but good nothing but good words. Yeah, nothing but good really, words. Really, the only reason they lost was because of because of the standard FTR shenanigans. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have a bit of shenanigans, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when they when it allows a heel to to scramble away, a foreign object to win, you know, it's it doesn't happen too often, does it? Really? Uh, not in AEW, at least. Exactly. I've seen I've seen quite a lot of people online say that oh, FTR, you know, using foreign objects, picking up the win. 
I mean, come on. It doesn't happen a lot. It's not like WWE from five years ago where every other finish was a bloody foreign object or a DQ or whatever. Yeah, a roll-up. <laughs> the treaded roll-up. Oh, my word. So we go from that, that match. Uh, and at the end of this match... <laughs> at the end of this match, Skip Sabian and the best man, Miro, came out, absolutely beat the living crap out of the best friends. And do you... You go on. You you'll tell him the reason why. Well, it's because that Chuck Taylor and and Trent broke their Street Fighter machine. Because uh, last week, uh, Miro and Kip Sabian appeared in the crowd with a <laughs> with a false Street Fighter machine, just just hanging out, not even paying attention to the show. If that is a vintage machine, I would be one hundred percent behind them. Because that uh, yeah, would cost I kind a of am, fortune. I kind of am too. That would cost a fortune. Yeah, like I've heard, I've heard Mero talk about some of the stuff he has, like some of the 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 like vintage arcade cabinets he has. Oh, and if man. that was, uh, I I hope that was one they just put together for the show. I'm hoping, yeah, it was just a dummy one or just a a, a crappy hundred dollar one you bought down a thrift store or something. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. Wow, but he he did come out and he he looked bloody strong. Did and you it, did you see who they were fighting? Um, uh, when they had their match later on. Sorry, we didn't. We kind of kind of glossed over the part where where they uh, uh, Kip Sabian and Miro stayed in the ring for for their match, which was, was a, which was next. A very quick match. Yeah, they're just still trying to get Miro and Kip Sabian over, but they did fight someone interesting, Sean Maluda. That's the name I caught, yeah. Recently recently released from NXT. Yeah. So it's nice to see get used, you know, get picked up very quickly as well. I've seen him a couple of times on, on NXT and there was something about him. You you could definitely see there was something there. So seeing him get picked up is uh I'm I'm quite happy with that. I I'm not happy. Well, I am happy because Miro beat the crap out of the pair of them, but <laughs> But you know, any exposure is good exposure for Sean. Mm-hmm. And the, well, I mean, yeah, he's, they're still trying to get him over in the new, in the new company. Uh, we also got the uh, the full bracket for the T or the AEW World Championship uh, Number One Contendership Tournament. I mean, we spoke about this last week, the three of us, you, me, and Mark, and we did. We got this totally wrong, didn't we? Yeah. Well, actually, no. I want to give I want to give Mark some some credit here because he actually predicted w- at least one of the matches correctly. Yeah, he did. He he corrected that Penta El Zero Miedo was going to take on Ray Phoenix in the first round, and lo and behold, that's what they announced. Damn, I'm I'm confused, very confused. Where's Brody Lee? Where's MJF? What's I know we'll talk about MJF in a minute, so I can kind of see why he's not involved. But Brody Lee has just been forgotten about. Yeah, he's just kind of got bumped off by by Cody, and now he's. He's he's back to the shadows, or at the very least, he's just going to be in Colt Cabana's corner. That's that's my next thing because Colt Cabana's been paired off against Hangman Adam Page. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you see Colt Cabana being like moving to one side to let Brody take his place? Could it be allowed? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the 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 big question here. Maybe. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think they kind of gave the game away when they had Hangman Page and Kenny Omega on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah. You know, I think I think maybe 
Yeah, I think at this uh, when when we kind of see what the feud is going to be coming out of this, I think it's kind of easy to it'd be it'd be simpler to just have just have Colt Cabana eat the eat the pin. Though I do remember, I do remember Hangman Page saying in his uh, in his wonderful press release that he didn't want to face Colt Cabana. So maybe I'm maybe I'm entirely wrong about them giving the game away. Oh, I don't know. You can't, you can't leave their issues unresolved. I mean, not, they have. I don't think they've even spoken to each other. Kayfabe. No, not on, not on TV at least. Yeah, since um, since their their little split. Um, it's I'm I'm looking at the picture now. So you've got Colt Cabana against Hangman Page. You've got uh, Penta against Ray Phoenix. You have Kenny Omega against Joey Janela. That's come out of nowhere. And then you've got Wardlow against Jungle Boy. So I'll take you back five minutes and I'll start talking to you about rankings. Where the hell's the rankings in this? Because there's no way Joey should be on there. Mm-hmm. Or, if I'm to be honest, Colt Cabana. Or Colt, yeah. I was about to say the same thing. It's, it's very strange. I'm, they, 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 they banged on about the rankings for so long. Oh, they mean something. It will, you know, whoever's top of the rankings will get the shot. Well, the rankings should be used for a world title eliminator tournament. It's yeah. I'm just looking at the men's rankings right now. In the top five, you have Lance Archer, Brian Cage, MJF, Brody Lee, and Scorpio Sky. <laughs> You'll notice none of those names. Nope, not one. Are are in this number one contendership tournament? Now, fair play to them. I think that adding the TNT Championship has kind of made things a little wonky there. You know, maybe maybe these people that we're seeing at the top of the men's rankings will have a shot at, at Cody's TNT Championship. But you know, where are where are the uh, the 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 deeper rankings? Where exactly are these guys in mm. in contendership order? If we're supposed to look at it like like rankings have meaning. Oh, I'm not sure. But you, you have got some, some very interesting matches. So, Kenny against Joey. Joey is... How can I put this? I love Joey, as I've mentioned earlier in, in the in the uh, spring break. I love Joey, but he he is going to get beaten up, basically, by Kenny yeah, Omega. Pretty bad. Kenny He's going to eat so many V-triggers, it's going to be unreal. I'm actually going to, when they actually pet, uh, face off, I'm going to sit here and count how many V-triggers he eats, bless him. But then you've got Wardlow against Jungle Boy, and who last week, I can't remember who said it, said that this match was going to happen? Because I'm sure I, someone said. Was it you? I, I want to say it was me, but I think my, I just said it was going to be big guys against little guys. <laughs> That's that's the only thing I remember I said for certain. Kudos to you for calling that. That's gonna Did I? I'm sure I'm sure. I'll you accept take... the kudos. Yeah, take it, take it. It's all good. Mark's not here, it's all good, take it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I did it. So And you know what? I called Penta versus Ray Phoenix in the first <laughs> round too. <laughs> Hungry for fame. Wardlow is is I think he's going to go over Jungle Boy. And he's gonna demolish Jungle Boy, which as you said is going to bring out Lucha, Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get that match at Full Gear, probably. I can see that happening at Full Gear. So Luchasaurus oh, wait. is going to... Wait a moment. Nope. I think we've missed something here. What have we missed? 
this number one contenders tournament concludes that full year. Which... Yeah, but it, it starts next week. So mm-hmm. yeah, it begins who... next week. But uh, uh... so if Wardlow gets eliminated, which I think we're both going to say is, is going to happen, yeah. and if it is Luchasaurus that costs Wardlow the uh, the chance of victory, then mm-hmm. their match could possibly happen at, at full gear. Mm-hmm. And then the the match that I, I can't understand is is Penta against Ray. Why why pit them together? I I don't understand. I think that it's probably based around their body of work against each other. Um, I've seen them I've seen them face off in uh, Lucha Underground. I've seen them face yeah. off in AAA a few times. Uh, I mean, it's no it's no denying they are. The chemistry between the two is obviously there to see because they're they're real life brothers. Yeah, but storyline wise, I I don't understand why they've been paired up against each other. They're going to have an amazing match no matter what. But storyline wise, I don't know. Maybe just maybe because they've they've joined forces with Eddie Kingston and Brian Cage and Ricky Stark and mm-hmm. Lance Archer. It's a that's a really weird bunch. To get mixed together, if you ask me. <laughs> but I think that it was just kind of... I think it's it's Eddie Kingston's way of, of like, hedging his bets. Putting, mm. put, trying to get both these guys into the yeah. tournament so that he's got two shots of, of having a guy, a friend of his, uh, take, on, s- take on the champion. I could see that. We're, we're going to talk about Eddie a bit later. I am, just quickly before we get to Eddie... I'm such an I'm turning into such an Ed, uh, Eddie Kingston mark. That's all I'm going to say. He's really, really, really grown on me in the past two months. So that's the world title tournament done. I'm 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 not. I'm going to be I'm going to be positive. It's going to have some some have some great matches. I'm hoping the storylines coming out of it are going to go somewhere. And as long as we get Kenny and Paige in the finals where they can beat ten tons of crap out of each other at full gear, I don't mind. So from that announcement, we then went to a bit of a in-ring promo with one of the one of the, the industry's greatest heels, MJF. Do you, yeah. do you want to do you want to take this? Because uh, I know you're I, really excited. Well, I had the I had the last year. You could take it. MJF basically came to the ring and wanted to talk to his hopefully new new best friend, Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris came out with all of the inner circle, all wearing the the lovely Ribera esque jackets that MJF bought them, including Sammy's, who was who who looked like his jacket was five six times too big for him. It, it looked like you know when like you're a kid and you go you're like nine or ten, you put on your your father's jacket and it comes down to your knees and it, the arms are hanging off you. It looked like that on Sammy. It was proper hilarious basically long story short he wants to join the inner circle jericho was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. slow up slow up we'll have a think about it but next week <laughs> next week you and me we're going on a on a on a dinner date they're going for a steak dinner to discuss whether or not he shall be joining the inner circle the segment itself in my eyes went a tad bit long it did get a bit stale and boring towards the end but is it is it wrong that i'm really looking forward to watching them eat a, <laughs> eat a steak dinner 
I, I've got in my head, I've got like a, a WWE table for free in my head kind of scenario for next week. It's I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm going to get panned for it, but it's Jericho. It's MJF. It can't go wrong, surely. Uh, I can see, I can see where you go, where what you got that there. And you know, yeah, there's two, there's two wrestlers sitting down to a, to a dinner in a nice restaurant. I think we've watched enough pro wrestling to, to see that there's, it's kind of only uh, uh, one place for this to go. And uh, it ends in a big mess. It will, won't it? It will. It's going to involve the, the turning of, of Jericho into a face, surely. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I think, I think Chris is probably going to spend the rest of his... Uh, as long as he still has the inner circle, I think he's going to be, be on that heel path. Is he going to be down that, that cool heel path that we t- spoke about like with the NWR? Is he going to be... That's where I'm thinking he's probably gonna gonna yeah, yeah leave on leave on that note. Yeah. It's uh yeah, he mentioned that he he wanted to retire soon. And he mentioned uh he wants to do it against Lance Storm. That's right, yes. And on his pod, uh was it last week or week before, he had Lance on there to talk mm-hmm. about their first ever match, which um which was bloody really interesting actually. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So, you know, even in the, in the, in the real world, he's, he's laying the seeds. Laying the seeds there. We go to a blonde Cody again. He's, um, he's bleached his hair. Does, does he bleach his hair when he's, when he's like champion now? Is, is that what he does? I think that... Uh, I think he, he... Well, when he came back, uh, after he came back, he did a, a promo talking about his what people have been saying about his new style about his how he probably yeah how this might be a a hint that he's following a darker path now and you know what i you know i also said on the show that uh when he returned he was wearing dark order colors so i thought maybe that was a hint at something and maybe he just he just got tired of telling people that he or seeing people sort of speculate about it cody Rhodes. Can't use that. Cody heel turn. And uh, yeah, maybe he went back to blonde just to shut them all up. But <laughs> here's the thing. You can't really go from jet black to platinum blonde. So he, he, he looks kind of strawberry blonde now. It does. Yeah. Bless him. Looks. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was his name? Dino Bravo. No. Oh, my word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dino Bravo. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of a different uh, Ronnie Garvin. Ronnie Garvin, yeah, he's another, yeah, another platinum blonde guy. Yeah, Cody came out uh, to defend his TNT title against the one and only Orange Cassidy. Oh, I had high hopes for this match, and I think, I think, due to the finish, it didn't live up to its expectations because halfway through this match, it felt like they were padding for time. They were mm-hmm. going going through the motions to get to the finish. So, folks, this this I'm not, I shouldn't be putting this down. It's a, it's a good match. It's a very good match. Really good match. But the finish was um, a twenty minute time limit draw, and that means Cody retains the title. And it wasn't just uh, you know all oh, the bell runs out. Is literally as was it was it Cody Cody was pinning. No, nope, it was uh, Orange Cassidy. Had, no, Orange. Yeah, he had, he had Cody in that uh, in that little crucifix pin. That, yeah, that he's been doing 
one same one he used to beat Ricky Shane Page. Uh, and and as he was about to get the three count, the time ran out. It was to be fair, the padding of the middle of the match worked because the, the, this finish was spot on time wise, mm-hmm. absolutely spot on. Unfortunately for for you guys, this is where I I haven't I haven't seen the rest of the show because this is as far as I got up to. So I'm gonna let um let Pete take over. But this match, it was it was really good. I was enjoying the match. I did feel like, as I said during halfway through during the match, it felt like they were just ah how can I put it wrestling for wrestling's sake. <laughs> they were holding on to holds a bit too long. They were just padding, and then obviously it makes sense at the end. So as a, as a whole, that match was really good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I think what we what I got out of this match was seeing Orange Cassidy do some some technical stuff. Yeah, and and to see how very technically skilled he is because I saw him do lots of lots of reversals, lots of uh, arm drags, lots of very very technical amateur style stuff, and so I think. That's that's going to be. I hope that at least that's something we're going to see more from Orange Cassidy in the future. Well, we discussed this last week, didn't we, about how if he ever won the title or a title, how would that how would he like push forward from there? Mm-hmm. And you, as we we all agreed last week and said that he each week we're seeing a bit more character out of him, and now in the ring we're seeing a bit more a bit more fire, a bit more oomph. You know, seeing this, I mean, wasn't. Didn't JR at the beginning say that the lockup that he had with Cody was the first lockup he's had in AEW? Yep. Yeah. I, think, I mean, we, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone get that big a reaction from just a collar and elbow. From a lockup? Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So everything he does is is making sense. It's, it's, it's getting over. It's, he's, he's doing everything right. I'm telling you now, in a year's time, Orange Cassidy is going to be top tier main event talent. Mm-hmm. Maybe like nine months, but he will be up there, top tier main event talent. Oh, we didn't mention the the very near interference in this match. Yeah, at the beginning, as um as the match was 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 starting, right up in 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 Ravens ter- oh, Ravens in Sting's territory, um, just watching, and then it was announced that he will face the winner. Is it a full gear? Did I read that? Uh, I. I actually, oh yeah, he does. Yes, he gets a shot at the TNT Championship at full gear. Uh, so he gets, yeah, he gets a shot at, at Cody at full gear. Or well, yeah, is, is it Cody? Is it Cody? Because in two weeks' time, we are going to see a rematch. So um, I'm kind of thinking they could be going down the triple threat route. That's, that's did, my thoughts as well. And wouldn't that, yeah. isn't that like, wouldn't that be the first triple threat in? No, because they had. Uh, like there was a triple threat at All Out. Um, for a title. Yes, yeah, so we were first triple threat for a championship. Yeah. Anyway, I was talking about uh, interference on, the, on behalf of the Dark Order because John Silver uh, grabbed the title belt and he was going to whack Cody with it. And then uh, Orange Cassidy managed to rip it away from him. And then referee threw them all out. I love when that happens. It happens quite a fair bit in AEW. But I think I love it most whenever Aubrey Edwards does it. And and sadly, she wasn't the ref for this match. She does a big roll with her pants before she... That's right. Yeah. 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 She, gets, she gets the crowd going. She's like, whoa. 
But you're on right here. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. Great. Uh, next, we had a selection for the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team. Well, no, that's one, two, three, five. Sorry, six-way match uh, for the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship. Private Party versus uh, John Silver and Alice Reynolds versus The Butcher and the Blade versus The Young Bucks. Sorry, that is four teams because there's a lot of ands in there. But uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting interesting match. They were all kind of picked randomly out of a out of a big lot of drum. And uh, yeah, Young Bucks super kicked everybody. I'd like to go back to what I said about five minutes ago about rankings because once again, rankings don't seem to mean anything, even if if there is tag team rankings. But I, there is, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they are they are on the rankings. Let's see what uh, tag team rankings here. I, I have. A, I'm not sure about Silver and Reynolds. No, I mean, no, it's top five in. So they got two of the teams in the top five. The Bucks and the yeah, the Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade. Butcher Blade, yeah. But again, you know, I, 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 I'm being picky. I'm folks. I am. I'm being picky. If you're gonna say you're gonna do something, then stick to it. Don't suddenly dip out of it. Didn't I remember the times when uh, uh, Eric Bischoff? Uh, said in uh, not impact TNA back in the day that there was going to be some ranking system and that lasted all of three months I think if that before that got scrapped if you're going to say like, like I said if you're going to say something stick to it if the rankings mean something you've got to make them mean something and if they're going to do things like this it's making a mockery of what they said so well, that's my only downside this is the thing we see all the time is that people who who are number who aren't number one contenders get title shots yeah we saw that in Impact. We see it in WWE. I guess it's kind of something that, at least while a significant chunk of the roster, I guess not so much in AEW anymore, but on the on, uh, at least for WWE and, and Impact Wrestling, while there's still a chunk of the roster that's that's uh, uh, sorting themselves out, it's it's an option to at least have action in the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can understand that. It's still, but it just, it grinds my gears. Anyway, after that, we had uh, Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole. Uh, Shida defending the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, not much to say about this, really. Kind of a, kind of a bland babyface versus babyface match. Uh, lots, of, lots of two counts, lots of strikes, uh, some, some, some very, some very Puro-like stuff coming from uh, Sheeta and Big Swole. Cool. Sheeta wins, elbow to the face, running knee to the back of your head, sliding knee to the face, and and that'll be it. I do like Sheeta. I do like Sheeta. She's she's impressed me from the first time I saw her. I just feel like the caliber of opponent isn't up to her standard yet, which is why I think the matches haven't come off as well as everyone yeah, hopes them I'm, to be. I'm I'm there with you because we've had it's it's. It's a division that's had such a rocky beginning. Yeah. When you, when you think about how, like how things went with Riho, how things went with Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, yeah. And and now, who who's really in the women's division? We're not seeing Chris Statlander around much. Ivelisse just signed with the company. A lot of the women are kind of just finding their footing on dark. And we don't have the Nightmare Collective anymore, so that was mm-hmm. that's a big part of the women's division. It's gone. 
but hopefully Shida will get um, <sighs> Ivelisse. I mean, Ivelisse can go. I mean, we, we all know that. She's, she's a great talent. Has been a great talent for years. So could get Ivelisse up the rankings. Britt Baker's obviously looking to come up there at some point, but we'll see how it goes. We, we're positive for the women's division. And then finally on the show, we had John Moxley and Lance Archer facing each other for the AEW World Championship in a match that they earlier in the show revealed was going to be a no DQ match. Or I think they actually had to alter it to be a no DQ match because they were just they were just so so in each other's face. Yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't contain each other. Really what I expected from a from a TV no DQ championship match. Moxley coming out fast, hitting a paradigm shift off off the bat. Uh, shoving each other to the floor, lots of lots of hardware. They set up tables. There was chairs, lots of lots of of, of TV friendly deathmatch stuff, you know. And uh, sent sent Archer through the tables with a paradigm shift. Could hit a bunch of them, really. Thought he was going to win with the bulldog choke because that's what he's been doing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Moxley countered the blackout to get a to get a three count in the wind. Not sure what they're hoping to do with Lance Archer because he had been absolutely destroying people backstage, and I'm guessing he also was was cutting a path of destruction through Dark. Seems like now that he's on that he's on the, in the main event scene that he's kind of just kind of just there. Especially yeah, he's surrounded by. Eddie Kingston and Brian Cage and all those guys. Is he is he going to get overshadowed now? Because as you said, when he first turned up, he went on a tear. They built him up to be some kind of beast, which he, he bloody is. He's huge. And every time he's 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 taken a, a chunk at, at the big time, it's gone wrong. So is is it? A, I <laughs> I don't want to class him in the same. Same class as, as Braun Strowman, but with Braun and his crappy booking, I have a f- really bad feeling that Lance Archer is going to be going down that route where he's just going to be a big guy who sometimes gets big victories, not a big guy who gets big victories all the time. Yeah, that's. Well, I mean, it seems more. It seems more adequate or accurate to describe that's kind of how Lance Archer is going. Uh, because you know Strowman can get can get big wins when he when he needs to. Looking at looking at WrestleMania and and his his various defenses after that. But yeah, he's lost against Cody for the TNT Championship in the in the finals of that, and he's yep. now and he's now lost to Moxley. I think he's, I think they've had a few matches together now. Or am I am I just remembering their their uh, battles in New Japan? <laughs> Thing I thought they were brought up more, but yeah, it's 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 not looking good. But he, as you said, there he's he's, he's kind of aligned himself with with Eddie Kingston and Brian Cage, the Lucha Bros or the Lunch Bros. If you you're a fan of Hangman Page, uh, that could save him or bury him even more. It, it it we'll see. But something didn't something happen afterwards. It was like. I heard that Archer went after Moxley after the match, and then Eddie kind of broke it up somehow. Yes, yeah. Uh, Archer kicked Moxley down, and Kingston told uh, Phoenix and Penna to help him. Uh, Phoenix hit Archer with a chair, <laughs> and he was 
he was not happy about that. <laughs> uh, and then Kingston, yeah, Kingston said just kind of kind of gave Moxley uh kind of gave him the rub a little bit, and then yeah, puts him over. Says he had a great match, even though he didn't tap out, which Kingston passed out. Then uh, he hit Moxley with a spinning back fist and and put him in a choke hold. Yeah. So, so Kingston then walks away with the championship. Says he never quit. That's uh, I, I, I said at the beginning of this little segment that I am falling in love with Eddie Kingston. I, I knew Eddie and have done for quite a few years, but I've never really followed his work. So seeing him on national TV, getting a platform like this, a huge platform, worldwide platform, to show his wares has made me a fan. He is so good. The guy can talk. He talks so well. He can back it up. He's great in the ring. Yeah, all right. He's 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 had his fair share of death matches, but you know, so what? That's just because you're a death match wrestler doesn't mean you can't wrestle. And he's mm. proven that each and every week. He I have a sneaking suspicion that Kingston's gonna beat Moxley for the title. Hmm. That's that seems kinda kinda iffy to me, especially considering like what Moxley's uh, uh, accomplished as champion. I don't think he he will keep it for long, mm-hmm. but I do think he will he will beat him for the title through shenanigans and having okay. ha- yeah. having his group, and then you're just going to put Moxley back as to where he was against Chris Jericho. He's going to be fighting his way back up again, fighting his way through the group to get his title back. That's that's what I think. Because at the moment, there's not really much out there in the way of legitimate contenders. He's he's done Archer, who hasn't looked good. Mm-hmm. Eddie, he's he's beaten, uh, but he didn't tap out or pin. Who else is in that group? The Lucha Brothers, well, without sounding rude, they're a bit beneath him because they're a tag team. Uh, you know, Brian Cage, I think, he, has he done Brian Cage? I think he's beaten yeah, Brian yeah, Cage. He, yeah, he did beat Brian Cage. So, you know, all these people have got a gripe against him and they're all sort of ganging up to, to get that title off of him. So that, that's, that's what I can see. I'm, you know, I've said this before. I've, I've now said it. It's not going to bloody happen. But that's, that's, my, that's my imagining of, of events. Well, now that you mention it, I'm starting to think about all of this other stuff that's going on because we talk about Darby Allen and how he's going to get his title shot at full gear. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, doesn't he still have unfinished business with Ricky Starks? Yeah. We're talking about Sammy Guevara versus versus Matt Hardy, but Sammy's also got some beef with MJF brewing. Yeah. Starting to wonder if maybe there are too many plates spinning in AEW. It depends on how long. Back to our favorite topic, folks. How long they're looking at, at booking these stories. Some of them are going to get sorted within and well by full gear. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to go a bit longer. I can see now. You see now you've said that. I could possibly see a Sammy face turn for what next year, ready yeah. for ready for all out or mm-hmm. or what was what's before that? Double or nothing. Mm-hmm. It could. So you know he he'll he might not get booted out of the inner circle, but MJF will come in and. He will force, or he'll just be a dick to 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 Sammy, and then no one sees it. So Sammy's got to try and 
show everyone that MJF's being a dick to him kind of thing and mm-hmm. turn him like a, a slow face turn that way if, if Jericho's not going to turn face. That could work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends on how long they're going to go with these booking with the with the forward planning with bookings, in my opinion, again. Yeah. Yeah. It's whew, that's a lot to it's a lot to take in. Yes. It is a lot to take in. We've also gone we've gone very long this evening. Yeah. <laughs> we've got no mark to keep us in check. We're sorry, folks. Well hopefully we've kept you entertained. As I said, hopefully Mark will be here next week. Uh, after his back from his, his ventures in Durka Durkastan. Please, if you guys get that just that get that joke, just uh, hit us up on the Twitter. Give us your love for the Durka Durkastan jokes. Yeah, that's about it for this week. We've got no future pieces because we've gone super long. Watch your socials. You can find me on Twitter at Pete Probably. You can read my feature, Brace for Impact, every Monday on the Pro Wrestling Post website. And you can find me in a crate in a government warehouse being watched over by top men. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually did watch... Um... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. When did I watch it? I think it was Saturday evening last week. I watched that. And now uh, I may have to watch another film. I'm not going to spoil it because you got, can work it out for yourselves. Mm. But that's one of my favourite films of all time, by the way. What, you're just, what you just mentioned right there. I am Mark Blake PWP on Twitter. And you can find the podcast Twitter at PWP underscore pod. As always, both oh, we're not those... Plug, we're not going to plug Mark? It's not here. I don't see why. <laughs> so Mark is at the Mark Madison on Twitter. And then you've got the, the Pro Wrestling Post Twitter, which is at Pro Wrestling PST. And just to let you know that if and when Twitter allows more characters, he is first in line for the letter O. So that's it. Once again, for another Pro Wrestling Post podcast, we will be back next week. The one thing we will be talking about next week, for sure, is the G1 finals. That's right. The Mammoth G1 is coming to a close. We haven't covered it for a couple of weeks. And there is going to be some matches. So until then, we shall see you. Bye-bye. Adios. Sayonara.